Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today is Tiffany Turner-Lynch. Tiffany is Legal Audit Risk and Compliance Coordinator for Winston-Salem State University. And today we're going to be talking about some interesting work that she and the whole group there did uh, to support Corporate Compliance and Ethics Week. First, Tiffany, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you for having me, Adam. Oh, my pleasure. Now, you guys decided to combine your celebration of Corporate Compliance and Ethics Week with the launch of your compliance training initiative. Why do the two at the same time? Well, first, Compliance and Ethics Week, this was the first one that we've ever had at Winston-Salem State University, so everything was new. We wanted to um, communicate and demonstrate that compliance is important, not just for this week, but throughout the entire year. So combining the two made sure that we were focusing on the principles that were outlined by the SCCE, recognition, um, reinforcing the le- that all levels of organizations support a culture of ethics and compliance, and just, you know, raising awareness just to let everyone know compliance is important to Winston-Salem State University. We want to get people starting to think about it. Which is a great way to start things because it really does lay sort of an overall groundwork while you're doing some specific training. So how did you determine what individuals were required to train on? Because obviously you didn't train everyone on everything. Right. So myself, along with the chief legal counsel, met with our internal audit team to discuss what policies they audit on the most. And when we started this meeting, the Compliance and Ethics Week was not even on the table. It just kind of evolved that way the more we kept talking. So we looked at what policies they audit the most, what policies we both get calls about with me sitting in the Office of Legal Affairs at Winston-Salem State University, and just what policy, even if everybody understands it and they know it, which one can we push again with us sitting in higher education? FERPA is one of those things. Across the board, everybody knows we have to protect student information, but let's just push that one one more time, just just in case we miss somebody, but we want to make sure that everybody has all the information that they need, just general policies across the board. Yeah, and, you know, even if you have trained people on something, they do tend to forget over time. It's always good to reinforce it. Now, when you... When you developed your training program, you gave employees the opportunity to test out of the training. How did that work? So a lot of what um, was contained in the training was discussed in some way during the week. So we had policy presentations where we kind of had an in-depth look on what policies that we were training on and testing on. But we also had podcast episodes. So we know that not everyone has time to listen to these long presentations, listening to me talk for 30 minutes at a time. Everybody's busy. They have meetings, other things that they need to take care of. So we wanted to make sure that everyone had the opportunity to participate. Um, Even those ones that were guests on the podcast, they kind of already know what's in their policies and know those requirements for everything. So we wanted to make sure that everyone had the opportunity, even if they didn't have the time, We actually had some people complete their training before we even released all of the information for Compliance and Ethics Week. So it's definitely worth having that option to have people um, test out. Yeah, it's funny as you mentioned that I was flashing back to when I worked for a 
compliance training company. And, you know, as part of our own compliance program, we were given our own courses to uh, take. And, uh, you know, I, I found myself in the funny situation of having to take the course that I had previously reviewed and you know, <laughs> seen well too much. And it's not exactly the best use of everyone's time. And now, um, you also decided to add a little fun to the celebration of Corporate Compliance and Ethics Week. Can you tell us what you did? Sure. So we did a virtual scavenger hunt. So for our campus, this may have been about the third or fourth one that we've done. Um, so it's not something that was foreign to us, but we just created a form online with only about five questions. We didn't want to scare anyone off um, having a whole lot of words on the screen, like, what am I supposed to do? Um, but the answers to those questions were things that they could have gotten over the course of the week. But of course, the information is always readily available. Um, the questions were uh, named two ways, two of the three ways to report to our internal audit team or what claims our Title IX office investigates. All of those questions, if you answered those correctly, um, you were put into a drawing where we awarded two individuals a $100 cash prize. So as you can imagine, that kind of bumped our engagement numbers up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I imagine that certainly would. It's a nice incentive to be able to offer people. Now, you mentioned a, a moment ago, you also did some podcasts. Um, can you tell us about them? Yes, this was actually my favorite part of our Compliance and Ethics Week. We hosted WSSU Access Granted. It was a podcast created by the Office of Legal Affairs. And I do have to mention my uh, supervisors, Dr. Ivy Brown and Ms. Venus Boston. I would not have been able to host that podcast without them. I lean on them. We had that kind of team of teams approach in our office. So definitely want to recognize them. But the goal of the podcast was to lift the veil on what happens when an investigation is being conducted. Now, I can speak for myself, knowing a process makes me more likely to engage with it, knowing timelines, deliverables, who should have what at what time. So we definitely wanted to tackle that. So we had five episodes and each episode had a particular office. So we had, of course, legal office, my office, we had our internal audit team, EEO, Title IX and campus police, we're kind of all known as the no departments on our campus. Um, so, yeah, so those departments, when they're mentioned, everybody kind of tenses up like, what did I do? I did something wrong. I'm going to get in trouble. And that's not necessarily true. Um, we are here to protect you, protect our client, which is once the same state university. So we kind of just wanted to break the ice, kind of relieve some of the stress around these names and just talk about the process of investigations, what is investigated, but more importantly, what isn't investigated. A lot of times people just want to be heard. So they'll go into someone's office and they're not the one responsible for it. And then they get to the end of their conversation. It was like, so what are you going to do about it? Like, well, I necessarily can't, but let me point you in the direction of someone, someone who can. So um, we kind of just wanted to break the ice around those topics and just create a level of comfortability across campus of reporting. Well, it, it, it sounds like it's a great way to do it. And like you said earlier, I think lift the veil and let people understand you know, how things are done and also get to know who the people are, um, which obviously when you have a name, a face, or just an idea of the person, or in the case of a podcast, a voice, it, it must be a lot less mysterious to people. 
Exactly, exactly. Um, a lot of people got to know my name just from me sending out all of these emails about Compliance and Ethics Week. And I can say the same for a few other of my colleagues that participated in the podcast. So it definitely created a rapport with the campus. And that's always important when you're dealing with such sensitive matters that these offices would, would deal with. I'm curious, what was the employee feedback to the whole initiative? Um, it was actually pretty good. Um, a lot of people, of course, when we first launched it and sent out, rolled out all the emails, what is this? Why are you in my email? Why are you talking to me so much? What's really going on? But once they started, once they started actually engaging with the policy portal and listening to the podcast, they were like, oh, okay, well, I can listen to this in the background while I'm doing my other work. And of course, the incentives definitely helped a lot, but it's something that a lot of people on campus are really looking forward to this year. So we're hoping to have a um, raise the bar, so to speak, for, for this year. So what are you thinking of doing this year? So um, I was actually listening to um, a workshop the other day, and they were mentioning um, scenario-based training. So I think that's something mm -hmm. that we're looking at for this year is kind of trying to pull some scenarios. Of course, we'll go back a ways to make sure that we're protecting everyone's confidentiality, but not only just telling people, this is what this is the bad thing that can happen if you don't listen to what we're trying to tell you, but kind of give people examples of, this is how this person succeeded in this situation. This is how to properly handle that situation. And if they didn't handle it correctly, let's kind of do a deep dive on what went wrong, what went, what went right, and how we can all improve on on what's on whatever that scenario was. And you know, obviously, having it being real scenarios uh, from the university makes it a lot more relevant for people and understand that these kinds of things can and do happen here. That it's not just some abstract exercise uh, out there. And uh, one last question before we go on going back to the podcasts, um, I'm just curious, do you have the stats of, you know, sort of which one or, or, or just anecdotally, which ones were the ones that people tended to focus on the most um, that provoked the greatest response? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that was our Title IX episode. Um, besides um, our Title IX officer, Ms. Anaya Sutton-Ward, being an incredible personality, <laughs> She mm -hmm. provided a lot of good information and a lot of insight. And as the people interviewing her, the legal team, we actually learned a lot of great information as well. So I believe that one got the most um, the most views, the most clicks. But across the board, I think they all did pretty well. That's great. And, it, you know, it does raise a good point there that, you know, as you go through these kinds of processes, this can be very helpful even for the compliance team's own education to get a better understanding of what others do. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for sharing these insights with us today into your efforts. Uh, I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective. <music>